0: Listeners, a couple of things. I'll be in Delaware on November 4th. That's only a couple of days away. So if you're listening there or near there or know someone there or know somebody that's listening near there or even knows where Delaware is, get your tickets now and come see me. Also check out my other podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, go vote on November 8th. All right, now on with the show. Hi, Shang. Hi, Teg. Really good to see you, sir.
1: So nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Great to see you. How are you doing?
0: I am doing well. I'm a busy bee. I'm sure you are as well, but I'm, I'm good. Nice. This is not how the podcast goes, by the way.
1: No, I like it. I like it
0: you know i'm casual
1: yeah this is my style i mean
0: that's why i love you (laughs) all right here we go we're gonna dive in head first
1: okay let's go
0: This is Don't Ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro, uncorking a flask of Please Don't Ask. With me today is a stand-up comedian, actor, and writer. He has a new comedy special out on Netflix titled Sweet and Juicy. He wrote for the ABC sitcom Fresh Off the Boat and performed stand-up on HBO's Two Dope Queens. Shang Wang, my old pal, welcome to Don't
1: Ask Tig. Thank you. Hi, Tig. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. You're one of those faces I haven't seen since the pandemic.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. a while since we've hung out. I know. It's been a long time.
0: But you're looking good and you've got a new post-apocalyptic look.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah. into
0: it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was kind of post-apocalyptic type of trauma, I guess. And I, I kind of dealt with it Mm-hmm. in weird ways. I let the hair grow out and I mm-hmm. I had a weird chin hair situation for a while, like a weird beard that I would constantly do this with. Uh-huh. I, would, I would stroke it.
0: Yeah.
1: It became my like I don't know, my little twitch, what some kind of thing I would do like when I was anxious, which was constantly. This is like early pandemic. yeah. And my girl, my partner, she would just be so mad at me because she would always just like wait for me to say something meaningful or deep. Because so I'm just like <laughs> nervously stroking my chin.
0: <laughs> That's what I was going to say is it definitely gives... An extreme intellectual vibe to be
1: chin stroking. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a nervous tick. It's just yeah. it some kind of weird soothing, kind of petting yourself kind of thing. I So don't know you what. trimmed it up? I trimmed it up partly because it looked ridiculous. I mean, I was like a straight up wizard, mm. um, powerful, philosophizing wizard. And then when I started traveling, you know, it was advisable to have less of that stuff that would prevent your mask from creating a seal.
0: Oh, was it getting caught on everything? Like it'd yank you back because your intellectual beard was not so,
1: so much. <laughs> I don't think that was more of an issue. The the hair was like figuring out how to deal with this hair was, um, you know, learning to live like this. It's, you know, you can't see it, but the hair is long now. I never had long hair in my whole life.
0: I love the idea that you're figuring out how to deal with it as though you have no control over the way you look or how long your hair is. That This has just been... Put upon you.
1: I mean, it kind of was. I canceled my appointment (laughs) for my my haircut the day before lockdown. Oh, I was just precautious. I was like, okay, I guess we're not going anywhere. I canceled the day before. Yeah. And so I don't know. It was like that was the beginning for me. It was just not getting this haircut.
0: Well, you should have called me because I bought a hair cutting kit and Mm. I was cutting everyone's hair in our house. I was cutting the boys. I was cutting my father-in-law's hair. I cut my own hair. It was a situation. So I would have happily taken you as a client.
1: I didn't know you were performing so much haircutting services. Um, Do you still do that?
0: I don't. Even though I know my hair probably looks like I'm still cutting it myself (laughs) today, but I was playing pickleball earlier. So, yeah. Amazing.
1: I love pickleball. We should pickle.
0: We should pickle.
1: It's a very new common thing. People are excited about it nowadays.
0: I was asked to do a tournament. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I started to practice and now I'm into it. And here's a little secret though I have to wear a knee brace because I also found out I have a fractured femur, but that's not going to stop me from playing in the tournament. But once the tournament's over, I'm going to stop, let my leg heal, and then get back. And you're going to be the first one I call to pickle.
1: Let's compete.
0: Yeah. Well, we always have. Yeah. We've always competed, right? Which takes me naturally to saying what a lot of people will say. And I don't know, sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. But I love your comedy so deeply that I can't compete. And I hope you know how genuinely I've tried to express to you. You're so funny. It's so painful. I've known you for years, but I think when you really got on my... um. Yeah, whatever it is, was when I was directing Two Dope Queens, and I was like, you know, it's hard in stand-up to laugh so hard. And I was like, I have not laughed this hard at a person in so long. You just blew me away. And so I just have to say that right off of the competition. A lot of comedians are competitive. There's no competition here.
1: Oh, my goodness. You're the man. Tig.
0: You know I feel that way.
1: You've always been supportive, but like... I mean, thank you. Thank you so well, much. Thank
0: you for being so funny. And we have this odd connection where we both lived in Houston. I guess it's not that odd. Houston's a big city. When
1: were you there?
0: On and off through my childhood. But clearly you don't remember the conversation we had about this. But um, you were born in Taiwan.
1: Yes. And then yes. grew up in Houston. Yes.
0: I was in more of like the spring and spring Cypress area. Right. Where were you?
1: I was southwest side, kind of south of A-Leaf, like Missouri City, between that those areas.
0: How was Houston for you growing up?
1: It was fine. It was fine uh-huh. for me growing up. I mean, it was the only experience I ever knew, so it felt very normal. But, you know, my, my parents immigrated, so I guess they're first generation. And so I, I was here just amongst these people that... trying to figure it out you know um we lived with many cousins when we first moved here there was like multiple families in the household but it was fun Mm -hmm. it was easier for the parents to have like big cousins taking care of the young ones and you know running around and keep them busy sure um yeah houston is i mean it's you have
0: fond memories i have
1: fond memories of houston for sure for sure it's a very big diverse city um the food is great yeah the weather is crazy
0: It's so insane. Yeah, because I struggled in school. And when I tell people I struggled, they ask, where'd you go to school? And as soon as I say Texas, there's immediate judgment. And I'm always quick to say, no, 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 it was not the school or the teachers. They were all so supportive and friendly. Mm -hmm, It was me. mm -hmm. I was the problem. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I was the problem. You can't blame it on Houston or Texas or right. the school system there. So
1: yeah, yeah. I take
0: full responsibility.
1: Well, well you, For what? What do you mean?
0: Just for being a failure and getting into trouble. And Come
1: on. What?
0: I was. I have a seventh grade education.
1: I, I don't know. I mean, look at you now. You're a good person.
0: Podcasting.
1: You're podcasting. And more importantly, you're a good person.
0: I'm decent.
1: You're decent. We're trying to be good. Um, trying
0: to be good yeah i didn't go to college that's okay yeah you went to um
1: i went to cal to berkeley i ended up with a business degree it's an undergrad thing i had no idea what what i was doing like i I had fantasies of maybe going very creative and doing Uh i don't know film studies or something but i i kind of chickened out i guess and i applied to the business school i got in and i was like that's a very generic thing you can apply to all kinds of stuff yeah i was still kind of keeping that door open i just hated this is a constant thing in my life was i I hate making decisions that feel final yes and if it's something i can't go back Mm -hmm. you know picking your email your username id um whatever it is a drawing committing to a line you know
0: you can go back and pick a new email
1: yeah but you i mean come on you can create a new email but it's a whole thing. It's but then thing. that
0: old one is floating around and that's got to weigh you down. Yeah. You didn't even follow stand-up, right? Until you were in college?
1: Yeah. As a kid, I had very little exposure to a lot of this stuff. Um,
0: Too many cousins in the house.
1: I mean, they didn't know. Mm-hmm. There's no one really giving them any guidance. So it was hard for them to give me anything as far as like, this is a cool thing to check out, you know, or yeah. a fun band or a, whatever it is. I just kind of was subject to the radio.
0: Is that what you were into?
1: I mean, yeah, I listened to the radio. Yeah. I I mean, I was at that time, you know, getting into music was an exciting, fun time in life. What were you into? I I mean, I was exposed to weird stuff. So, like I said, there was no guidance here. Like, Uh of course, MC Hammer. Sure. We had the cassette tape. You know, you can't touch this. (laughs) Me and my sisters, we would just play the tape and we would just dance.
0: Like MC Hammer or did you have your own dance?
1: You know, if it's hammer time, you would you would do the hammer, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> I think that's the dance, the hammer.
0: Well, I can't wait to see your uh, hammer dance at some point.
1: I can work it into a bit or something.
0: Maybe when we pickleball.
1: It'll be a good celebratory dance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, as far as celebratory dances, congratulations on your new Netflix special. Your friend and fellow comedian, Ali Wong directed that yeah i know you tour with her all the time and your pals so this is an advice show has there ever been any advice that Allie has given you that you remember or have applied yeah
1: thank you so much you know Allie has had so much experience in that same position i feel like comedians might have a tendency you know once they're working towards a special to be like i gotta make it different and more special it's not special Mm -hmm. enough and you try to spice it up or develop a whole new thing or a a narrative or something, you know, slightly different than what you've been working on. Um, And her whole thing was just do what you're doing. Yeah. Don't get caught up in any of the other stuff. That's, that's really not going to be helpful, you know? Um, And her vision for like the special was let's keep it simple. I'm not going to do anything experimental. Uh You know, this is your first one, your, your introduction to most people. So keep it, like classic, basic, but classic, you know, just looks nice, but nothing too distracting. Just focus on you. And that's supposed to be the non traditional part. It's just that it's me doing stand up. And that's it. Yeah. That was her basic idea. And I thought that was great. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm all for it because I don't think you have to, especially you. There's no, you don't have to distract or one up anything. It's just truly in what you are thinking and how you're saying it, your delivery. It's just, uh, oh, it's man. great.
1: Thank you, Tig. Yeah, thank, thank you. Tig.
0: you. I um, really cannot encourage people enough to check you out if they haven't already. Now, Shang, we have arrived at the part of the show where we attempt to answer questions sent in by my listeners. Are you ready? Yes. Okay.
1: Let's get wise. We're trying to.
0: Yeah, let's get that beard, <laughs> you know.
1: Let's stroke that chin hair.
0: Yeah, start stroking that chin. <laughs> All right, our first question involves a comedy show. Kara or Kara? I'm not quite sure.
1: It's always tricky. Yeah.
0: K A R A in New England writes Hi, Tig and guest. That's you, Shang. I am running my first marathon in Virginia in a few months. My boyfriend of a year was planning on coming to support me, but he just asked me if he could bail so he can go see his favorite comedian in New York City. This comedian is not retiring or old, but apparently doesn't often perform on the East Coast. I don't want him to miss the performance. And I don't want him to resent me if I say he should be with me. And now I know where he'd prefer to be. I think he should be there cheering me on as I take on the hardest physical challenge I've ever attempted. What do you suggest I do? Now, the first thing that comes to mind is who is this comedian? Mm. Because I feel like Shang and I can probably tell your boyfriend if it's worth it.
1: Yeah, that would be very um, mm-hmm. crucial piece of information. Yes.
0: Yeah, but you're in a long-term relationship, as am I, Shang. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you're in the same mm-hmm. long-term relationship. Yeah. What would happen if you did this in your relationship? Would this fly?
1: If she was running a marathon, like it was, it's her yeah. first marathon.
0: Uh huh. What she said, uh-huh. it's her first marathon. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, my favorite comedian."
1: Yeah um wait where are they
0: well she's running in virginia
1: and the comedian
0: is going to be in new york York.
1: they're both going to be in the east coast i mean yeah is it only that one night Mm. in new york city
0: yeah that's a good point but it could be a theater comedian Mm. that's not doing clubs it's just doing one night only in a theater right um
1: if there was Another show, obviously, that's that's a, a, a solution there. Do a different day. Let's
0: assume there's no, no other show. show. Uh, my gut is your boyfriend should absolutely be going to support you. That's how I feel, especially since you've pointed out that this isn't an aging, retiring comedian. Right. But it is tricky because you don't want your partner to resent you. But... It does feel like this could be, fortunately or unfortunately, a telling place in the union. Mm -hmm. Don't you feel that way?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it was my partner, it was her first marathon, I would go. That's priority for sure.
0: And can he not save his money and go, maybe you guys could go take a celebratory trip out to wherever this comedian lives and he supports you at your marathon in return. Go take a trip and see this comedian wherever he lives or uh, she, I'm assuming. I can't believe how sexist he's being. There are other people (laughs) than men that do comedy. Apparently. (laughs) But yeah, I would say let him know how important it is that he support you during your first marathon. And if there's pushback, then let him go. Let him go to New York, but make a note that "Mm, we're on different pages possibly. Mm -hmm. Because one year in, it's still like, we'll see how this goes. Because I feel like people's priorities really, really reveal... Where they are in the relationship.
1: Yeah, that's a so. good time, a good telling time.
0: Yeah, it's a really good telling time. Also, let us know who this comedian is.
1: All right? Yeah, follow up.
0: Kara or Kara, trust us on this. We are professional comedians. We need to know who this person is that's performing in New York City. And we also feel like, do you agree, Shang, that that she should I- express how important it is to have the support?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. But not
0: push him to come.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to push him to come, you know. But yeah, that's a huge red flag if he chooses not to, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, it's just such an easy solution. What is this communist next stop that y'all want to yeah. like take a vacation, you know, make it a thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's what relationships are all about. Shing, let's take a short break and return with more questions, shall we?
1: Let's. Let's. Let's shall?
0: Yes, let's shall. <laughs> And we are back. Shang, this next question involves a grateful partner. Carolyn in Chicago writes, Hello, Tig, an esteemed guest. Mm. Wow. I've never heard anyone refer to you like that, Shang.
1: I'm esteemed.
0: Yes, and a guest. I've recently faced several life challenges, and my partner, who's in grad school to become a therapist, has been so supportive, caring, thoughtful, and my best cheerleader I'm looking for ways to show him how grateful I am to have him in my life. Other than things like cooking for him, he cooks better anyway, or buying him dinner. And I thought you might have some fun ideas. Any recommendations? Have you shown your partner how you feel about them with a special gift?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I need to work on that. The gift-giving area, uh-huh. you yeah. know?
0: Well, it doesn't have to be actually something in a box that you unwrap. Right. It could be something that's not even that.
1: Yeah. I mean, usually it's a dinner for us. Mm-hmm. That's of an interest of both of ours. Mm-hmm. Big overlap. Um Or like an experience, like a concert. Yeah. You know.
0: For MC Hammer, maybe.
1: If only... It was a, yeah, a concert um, at the Hollywood Bowl. Absolutely yeah. there. You know, Yeah. Um,
0: you know what I was thinking about is not like a full blown surprise party, but
1: mm.
0: you know, it could be really nice is it does fall into the category of dinner, but it could be lunch or a brunch or, or something mm-hmm. like that. It would be so nice and thoughtful. To gather the most important people in his life mm. together. Wouldn't that be so fun to walk into that room and every face that you love so much is sitting there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just for dinner.
1: Yeah, that's really sweet. I just want to make sure, like, I mean, what is it, what is it like to graduate as a therapist? hmm Because... I don't know. I wanted to also point out that when I finished, co- we were talking about college earlier, like those yeah. were rough years for me.
0: Uh-huh. And oh, even okay. seeing
1: my family there, I was just so, um, I mean, of course I'm grateful that they were there, but like, you know, I was in such a uh, weird state of like, I don't know how the future is going to go and I have no idea what I'm doing in life. And suddenly we're done with this regimen of, you know, school and, and, and mm-hmm. classic education. And um, it was almost a hard time for me to be with my folks.
0: Well, maybe don't invite Sheng's parents. Yeah. (laughs) And just invite your partner's friends.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I I, I think you know what you're getting into at that point, I would assume. With what? Like with his degree. Mm -hmm. At that point, I I just feel like you know what you're doing. I'm just, I don't know. I was just bringing up the fact that I was so lost after when I graduated and it was a hard time
0: because it was just like a general business degree and you felt a little aimless and Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Sounds like this guy knows what he wants to do because yeah, yeah like you're saying it's a therapist and so
1: It's going to therapy people. <laughs> invite, gonna...
0: invite therapy people over and you can all get to the root of everyone's problems. <laughs> I just think we need to make sure to not invite Shang's parents.
1: Yeah, not not for this thing.
0: No, no. But I do feel like it would be such a nice gesture.
1: And then then maybe get pictures from folks Mm -hmm. from, you know, nice memories that they've had with the boyfriend. Yeah. Frame a couple.
0: Frame a couple. And maybe even just, I guess I am turning it into a surprise party. But if you say, oh, I'm having a dinner And I would love for you Mm -hmm. to be at my dinner. Mm -hmm. And then so he's there and he's dressed appropriately for what he thinks a dinner with friends Mm. would be like. So he's not caught off guard in like basketball shorts.
1: Right, Right. Unless
0: that's appropriate in your house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I suggest, Carolyn. So. Good answer. I am hopeful that you. I don't even know if I'm hopeful that you do it. I hope that it's helpful in some way and that um, it helps to celebrate your partner if you do take this advice. All right. We're going to take a quick break to answer a question that came in our Therapy Etiquette Inbox. This segment is where we answer those awkward questions we all have as people getting the professional help we need and deserve and is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy online. Today's question comes from Liz in Spring, Texas. I've been working with my therapist for quite a few years, and she is fundamental to my well being. Recently, she's had to cancel appointments because of a family emergency. I feel terrible for her loss and find myself worrying about if I'll need to censor or edit myself. How have other people navigated their therapist going through life struggles? What supports or resources do therapists have for their own needs? Also, I want to know if I can offer to Venmo the copays for the canceled appointments. Do therapists have insurance for these situations? Thanks for taking the time to read. Liz, first of all, I used to live in the Spring, Texas area. So hello to you. You strike me as a very kind person. Uh, It seems like you're a little concerned about how to proceed with your own sessions. So it might be good to check in with her. Maybe just say, hey, I'm really sorry about your loss. I've been thinking about you. I want to make sure that I'm being sensitive to you because I really value this relationship. Is there anything you want me to know as your client? Ideally, she'll be honest with you about when she's really ready to resume being a full-time therapist or if there are any temporary limitations for care during the grieving process. Because the thing about grief is that it's actually very awkward for everyone who knows the grieving person. Like, do you bring it up? Do you not? Do you say something because you feel like you have to? I mean, we've all grieved at one point in our lives. So what did you need when you were suffering a loss? And how did you ask others for help? It's possible that she may even want space or a break from work. I would also trust that your therapist probably has a support system in place and is taking care of themselves. It's not technically your role as a client to take care of your therapist. But I understand, and this all makes sense. It's a tough, tough situation. I hope that's been helpful or at least somewhat reassuring. We want to hear from you. Send us your therapy etiquette related questions at donasktig.org. Thanks to our sponsor, BetterHelp. Now let's get back to our conversation with Sheng Wang. <laughs> Shing. Yes, yes. This question is from a listener who might have too much of a good thing. Lauren writes, like most people my age, I've been on and off dating apps with varying success for most of my adult life. Most people you meet, you'll never see again. That's just the nature of it. Until a few weeks ago, I had three first dates scheduled, and surprisingly, they all went very well as did the second dates. And now I'm into round three with all three men. They are all interesting and attractive in different ways and all putting in a lot of effort. How long can I continue seeing all three? And how do I choose which one to actually date if they all continue to go well? (laughs) Well, Hmm. I'm confident this has never happened before.
1: (laughs) What do you mean, in, in real life? Ever well
0: in in with dating apps. I've never done dating apps. Me have neither. you done yeah. Yeah. It's... I think that we started relationships before those really took off.
1: Yeah. That wasn't part of our time.
0: No. And so my gut is saying, I have to see where this goes, whatever advice we give. I'm so and I want to see these guys. Um, aren't right. you so curious to see these people?
1: Yeah. I mean Yes.
0: And their interactions. Uh,
1: what? This is the show. Yeah.
0: I want to know, do these guys know that you have these other people that are neck and neck at the races? Mm-hmm. And it feels like your intuition is just going to tell you when to let it drop off. Because you can date people however long you want to. I feel like there is this pressure, a social pressure to get things figured out and immediately lock it down. And if you're enjoying yourself, why would you stop until somebody shows a massive red flag, which they will, and they even can show red flags after you're already in a relationship. So you know what I mean? It's 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 all a part of the process of getting to know each other because not everyone's gonna do things exactly the way that feels right to you. Maybe you and these guys are open to thrupples. Have you heard of those, Shang?
1: I've heard of that term, thrupple.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe you and two guys could, and or maybe you could do a
1: quadruple. Quadruple, a pentadruple.
0: Yeah. I mean, see how open everybody is. You could just be like, look, you're all dream boats, and I'm clearly a, a massive catch.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't
0: we all get a place together?
1: That's the show. You don't even need a crew. You just live it, right? Exactly. I think that's more realistic.
0: You're saying you don't need cameras? Yeah,
1: perhaps? yeah. That's yeah. that's like the, you're, you're the bachelorette right now, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. I've never watched those shows.
0: Do you think I have?
1: No, I don't think we have. But I think we both <laughs> have the similar understanding of what that term is.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't need cameras. Just go live an authentic quadruple life that it sounds like. You're ready to live, Lauren, or take time, let it breathe, and let these two bozos fall by the wayside and run off with uh, Bachelor number one yeah, or whatever the show goes.
1: Probably, probably the first one.
0: Yeah. Okay. Lauren, with how many dates are going on, Shang and I are just surprised you even have time to write in. <laughs> um, best of luck to you. And this last question... Shang, this comes in from Elizabeth. Elizabeth writes, I have a son who starts kindergarten this year. He's funny, cheerful, inquisitive, and kind. He's also short, significantly short, a good eight inches shorter than all his classmates. And though I know people shouldn't be judged on physical appearance, that's the unfortunate way our world operates. I worry about his size and the fact that he will stand out because kids can just be jerks. How can I go about supporting him and not let my own insecurities and worries rub off on him? Elizabeth, I just want to say my kids just started kindergarten. Mm, Congrats. Thank you. They have the opposite problem. We were walking into the school today, Mm. and the uh, security guard was like, all right, first grade, here we come. And uh, they were like, oh, we're in kindergarten. (laughs) And then he turned to me and Stephanie and said, Are they big for their age? And we're like, yes, they're uh, gigantic.
1: Wow. Congrats.
0: (laughs) I don't even know if it's a congrats. It's just like. They're
1: prosperous kids.
0: They are enormous. (laughs) So I was just trying to find a place to talk about my kids. but um, Yeah.
1: No, that's a perfect, perfect place.
0: Yeah. Wedged in there. (laughs) Do you have any feelings or thoughts on Um, this?
1: I think first is just to not, you know, bring it up. Right, mm-hmm. that's probably a good thing to start. I feel like that's a. I mean, it sounds kind of funny, but I feel like that's something you would want to avoid. And I, I and I think it's worth you know mentioning because <laughs> I feel like that you might
0: shouldn't mention it.
1: Yeah, because I feel like you yeah. might accidentally make it a thing.
0: Yeah, when it might it not, might not be. be. And kids have growth spurts mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Yeah, and I'm sure Elizabeth knows this. But just as a reminder, but also, you know, I think about, I have some germ issues. Do you deal with that, Shane?
1: Um, Somewhat. Okay. A mild, mildly germ something.
0: Okay. I oddly fared well during the pandemic with germ issues, but I do have germ issues. And I was scared that my issues I would put on my kids. Mm -hmm. And so I had to work twice as hard to pull back on all the times And trust me, there's still times where I'm like, don't touch that or wash your hands. But, you know, when I would see babies crawling around and dragging their bodies on the floors, I would think, how will I ever show affection to my children after they've been dragging Mm -hmm. their bodies around the floor? But I just love them so much that even when they were full of, you know, dirt, I was embracing them. But I think that it is important to not let your own insecurities and worries take over too much because your son might thrive in areas that don't call for him to be taller. And maybe on the side, you could show him some interests that maybe people that aren't basketball player-sized kids could do, you know, whether it's art or music. I mean, some of the greatest musicians and artists and writers are not tall people. And I know that's kind of further down the road in life. But I do think having that connection to their passions, where they're not competing maybe with height issues what what do you think
1: yeah no i think that's great for any any child just to mm-hmm. find you know encourage them to explore
0: uh-huh
1: yeah nurture some passion or interest that they have i think just keep them engaged in, in that state of learning and wondering and exploring i think that's the most important thing and yeah i think that develops that confidence that self-esteem and i think that's the most important thing um
0: yeah, and I do think there, there's there got to be some stuff out there that only shorter people can do.
1: Right. You know? Right.
0: And so, open his eyes to those things <laughs> in the event. He doesn't catch up on those eight inches. The good thing that he can fall back on being as adorable as you say he is, funny, cheerful, inquisitive, kind, I mean, that's pretty great. Solid dude. Yeah, funny, cheerful, inquisitive. Get him into stand-up. Yeah. You don't have to be. Yeah. You don't have to be a towering person. I don't know if I. No, getting not him into understand. No, I yeah, don't do no. stand-up. Um,
1: get no. him into nature. Be a
0: storyteller. A storyteller. Send him off into the woods.
1: Send him off into the woods. Go draw, color, do yeah. something in the woods. Yeah.
0: Go draw, color in the woods. Mm-hmm. Bring a canteen. You know, stay hydrated, Elizabeth. I hope that helps. Sheng, it's time for our last segment. Okay. It's called Come Back to Me Later. Come come back to me later. Come back to me later. All right. Everyone wishes they had the perfect response at the ready for certain social interactions. Come Back to Me Later is the segment where we make that wish come true. Sheng, your business school background might help out with this question. Mm. Alexis writes, my colleague and I work in entertainment and have pretty high positions that include a lot of networking with clients and vendors. The issue is when we agree to do a work dinner or drinks, clients and vendors start complimenting us on our looks or asking personal questions. It leaves us confused as to whether they thought this was a date. Yes, we are single and looking to date, But 99% of the time, these compliments are not wanted. But if we reject them, we are afraid we won't get the same customer service or fair prices. What is a good line to tell them when they start probing about our personal lives or complimenting us without burning the bridge of a business relationship?
1: My goodness. That's a really crappy position to be in.
0: Yeah. I... I'm never in that position myself. If you've never Googled me, (laughs) do so now. But my gut reaction, what I would do if I were out to eat, you know, for a business meeting with men telling me, (laughs) giving me compliments, I would make it so casual and ridiculous if I wasn't completely direct, which I understand you're concerned about losing accounts, which as Sheng said, is, I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible that anybody is dealing with this. <laughs> but this is a show called Don't Ask Tig, and I am a comedian, and I would personally say, oh, that's nice. What's weird, though, about me is I have very smelly feet.
1: <laughs> Give them the truth.
0: Well, Shang, <laughs> it's not true. I don't have smelly feet. How dare you? Have you ever smelled my feet no, when you've been around no, no, me? No, no, never.
1: I've never. Exactly. I, have no I don't idea. have
0: smelly. You don't, but you you know now because I'm telling you I don't have smelly feet. But of course, everyone probably thinks they don't have smelly feet. But I think that if you're complimenting somebody and trying to romance them mm-hmm, somehow, mm-hmm. and they abruptly tell you that their feet smell. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to take the vibe in a different direction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you would throw them off the scent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> throw them off the scent. I don't know if you meant to do that. It kind of
1: came, but I, I thought about it and I just yeah. went with it, you know? But um, yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's plausible that we all have stinky feet at some point in our daily life. Your smell. We have our, 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 our feet. Our, our feet.
0: Shang has very <laughs> smelly <in his> feet. <laughs>
1: But, uh, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's a good way to to, to change it up. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's First of all, it's funny. Um, but there's the danger, especially if you've mm-hmm. mentioned feet. There, it might backfire. Foot fetish. There's a lot of foot fetish out there. I don't know how that plays into it, but I just want to point out it could backfire. So maybe another thing oh. that's smelly or less, you know. Uh-huh not so desirable maybe i don't know
0: i would find out if people are ever into smelly feet right you know i bet the majority of people are not into smelly feet and if you have somebody sitting at a table with you that you're thinking is attractive and they're like oh that's nice it's a weird curveball about me though i have very smelly feet Mm. and so i have trouble dating and um that's why i'm so into my job um, you know, you can turn it that way of like, oh, that's nice. Or you could show up with a wedding ring on. But this is also, it just really highlights how sad yeah. and unfortunate all this is, because you want to be able to do your job or you want to be able to directly say, I'm just here to uh, deal with this account
1: Right, right. I mean,
0: but if you want to really give a curveball, you could say, Oh, that's nice, but my feet smell. But luckily, my husband doesn't mind. Oh, there you go. Or eh, my feet smell. I have trouble dating. And so I just throw everything into my job. And I hope you can't smell my feet right now. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. I'll say, I, I hope you fellas can't smell my feet because Lord knows I can. <laughs> um, but anyway, where were we on this account?
1: Keep it moving. Yeah,
0: <laughs> keep it moving. You got to get home and soak your smelly feet, Alexis.
1: You're just wearing UGGs all day. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Alexis, I know that didn't help. The show's called "Don't Ask Tig." All right, Shang. It has been a grand old time seeing you catching up and anticipating our pickleball matches. Let's
1: go! Yeah, thank you, Tig.
0: Thank you so much for being on on here. I really, really beg of the listeners to stop what you're doing and check out shang wang one of my absolute favorite comedians and i am not just saying that thank you (laughs) it's true you know i feel that way do you have anything you want to promote other than your wonderful netflix special but no promote it yourself
1: the special just came out uh, in september so It's available to stream. It's called Sweet and Juicy. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's on Netflix. Thank you so much. Awesome.
0: Thank you. And I will see you on the court, sir. Yes,
1: yes. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: To your heart. Don't Ask Tig is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willette, Shana Deloria, and Lauren Humpert. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and Sound Mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Our theme music is Friend in Tig by Edie Brickell and Kyle Crusham, And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Brickell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at donasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask TIG. Don't Ask TIG is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana, and I'll tell Becky.